Welcome back for another great episode of Talk to Tatiana. And I would love to welcome Sarah. Sarah happens to work with me. She's my copywriter, but she's much more than that. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I've listened to several episodes over the years working together, and I feel so excited I get to have my own. (laughs) You get to have your own. Absolutely. I should have done this sooner, but it is what it is. You know, not all good thoughts come in the right time, but it's fine. We're here today. So exactly. (laughs) I'm I'm really happy to be doing this too. Um, So Sarah, tell people, tell us, tell me, um, who are you and how you've gotten to where you are today? Yeah. So this is actually one of my favorite stories to tell because I never would have thought I would be here ever. Um, Ever since I was, you know, I don't even know, as long as I can remember, I always wanted to be a teacher. I was the kid that was, you know, taking playing school way too far, you know, had the attendance spreadsheets, the textbooks. So teaching was always just like, you know, that was my, my destiny, I thought. And so, you know, I did what you do. And I, 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 went to college for teaching. I got my master's degree in teaching and I did um, high school English teaching for four years. And then, um, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because I always say I got here not on uh, by my own will. It was actually kind of my fiance. I, I owe him a lot. He pushed me to get here because he got a job opportunity that required us to move across the country. And at first I, you know, was terrified. I'm a small town girl, um, you know, grew up, uh, was very close to my family, went to school, you know, 30 minutes from my mom's house, uh, taught at the school that I went to, taught at the school my mom worked at. So a lot of, yeah, family, family. Um, and suddenly we were moving, you know, from New Hampshire to Arizona. And, um, you know, at first I panicked. And then I kind of started, it was like once the panic settled, I was able to listen to this yearning or like this calling that, um, you know, maybe there was more out there. And I had no idea what that was, which is terrifying. Um, but it was also kind of exciting. So I packed my bags after the end of the school year and I made the decision that I wasn't going to return that year. I didn't know what the future was going to hold. Um, and so we get out to Arizona. My fiance has his job and I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Luckily, um, you know, teachers have the summers off. So I, I bought myself some time. Um, and during that time, I, I kind of did like a skill set audit, I guess is the best way to describe it. Um, and I wasn't even the one who figured out writing was my talent. It was my fiance who said, well, you always write these like really long. He meant it in a very endearing way, but he said, I always write these very long winded cards um, and they're always very nice and, and whatever. So um, that's kind of strangely how I got into this idea of like, maybe I can write like I didn't even know what that looked like. Um, but, you know, I think there's something to be said for, you know, taking a, a skill and, and running with it. You know, maybe you don't dive in it as a business at first. I certainly didn't. Um, I started journaling more. Um, I eventually joined a freelance platform, Upwork, um, and, you know, started putting myself out there, took a ton of jobs at first that were really low pay, <laughs> which I would not recommend, um, really low pay, nothing to do with anything I wanted. Um, however, I don't think I would have realized what I wanted if it wasn't for that, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know? Um, and so over time, I would say over six months, I started to feel like, all right, like, I am not just gonna be anyone and write anything for for anyone. Um, I'm going to think about the type of people that feel good for me to work with. And, you know, so I started really finding, um, or only accepting interviews or working with clients who, 
you know, I, f- I felt like their mission was something I could get behind. Um, a lot of women-owned businesses, I felt, you know, a strong connection as a female. Um, and from there, you know, I, I continued to realize what I liked and what I didn't like. You know, I realized um, I could write, you know, blog posts. And then I realized that, oh my gosh, I fell in love with copywriting and sales and email marketing and all of that stuff. And so I do a lot of that now. Um, and I'm also blessed to say that I now have like a little tribe of clients like Tatiana, who I, you know, work with on the regular. So I'm no longer finding new clients every other week, um, you know, just to stay afloat financially. Um, and, you know, I still feel like I'm growing. I still feel like I'm figuring out my sweet spot. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of went from I'm going to be a teacher for forever to maybe not. And that's terrifying to like, okay, like I, I, I'm onto something here. And, you know, I think the, the beautiful thing is when I was a teacher, I felt like, you know, that's all I was in a way. I mean, teachers do so much. They're like some of the most amazing professionals in the world. Um, but you know, I felt like I, everything came back to teaching. Everything was tied to teaching. And now I just feel like almost like as cliche as it is, it's like the world is my oyster. You know, I'm not in a box. Um, and that's scary, but it's also really freeing at the same time. So that's kind of how I, how I got to be a copywriter. <laughs> that's awesome. And we've yeah. worked together for how long now? Two years, year and a half? I feel like two years and change. I don't even know. I feel like when you have a good client, th- that time kind of blurs because you feel like you've worked with them forever. Yeah. In a good way. Definitely. No, yes, absolutely. <laughs> definitely feels that way. I was going to say, uh, definitely feels that way. But um, I'm curious to to kind of see. So now, what do you do now? What is the transformation that clients experience while working with you? Yeah. So uh, that's a great question. So I always like to say, you know, half the people, if I say, oh, I'm a copywriter, you know, my own parents to this day are like, what do you do? Like, what does that mean exactly? Um, so I started reframing it. You know, when I said I was a teacher, everyone thinks they know what that means. Um, copywriter, they have no idea. So I've started reframing it. And basically, um, you know, I'm not just a copywriter, right? Um, but what I do is I work really hard to find my ideal clients and work with them to understand what their mission is, you know, who their target audience is, um, what, you know, they're trying to communicate to them. And, and that's how I help them as I help connect them, right? So it's not about writing words. It's about connecting my clients with their ideal client, right? And maybe that connection is to grow and foster a deeper connection and build a relationship. Maybe it's to inform them about something. Maybe it's to sell. Um, you know, there's so many different things that, that, I can do uh, as a writer, but it really is about that connection piece. Um, you know, it's not just taking words and throwing them at the wall like they're spaghetti. Um, you know, so it's 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 all about that that connection. Um, and to me, that's really really special because I think that's one of the the best parts of the human experience is connecting with others. Awesome, yeah, definitely, definitely has helped uh, me grow in many ways as a, as an educator. Um, I, I'm not a teacher per se, but you know, I am an educator in many different ways. So definitely that has helped me grow. And I think that both of us have kind of grown into my, my mission uh, <laughs> over this time of working together. So definitely, um, it's definitely been transformational for me. Oh, and, thank you. Yeah. Um, and um, I wanted to see kind of what was the, as you kind of transitioned to this entrepreneurial journey, 
uh, from, you know, a stable W-2 job type thing, what was the something that maybe surprised you, whether it's good or bad, something that you didn't expect to be doing, but you ended up to be needing to handle or to manage or whatever? Yeah, so many things. <laughs> um, I would say some of the big ones. Um, one is definitely time. Um, you know, I think that so many of us in life in general, I mean, think about it, we go, we, we're young, and we go to school from this time to this time. And then if you're involved in activities, it's from this time to this time. And then we, you know, then like the natural progression for many is like college, and then you get your job. And then it's like clock in at this time and leave at this time. So I think that it's both one of the best things, but also one of the hardest things about being an entrepreneur and and kind of going off on your own is being in charge of time. I think that it's hard um, at times to kind of um, learn time management. But I also think that, you know, not just with my business and my clients, but, you know, it's it's useful in life um, in general. So, you know, I think that time was one of those things that I was always used to someone dictating, you know, when I had to be where, um, for how long, you know, oh, my first period class starts at this time, and it ends at this time. And then my second period comes in, uh, you know, by by this month, I should be through this much of the curriculum. Um, and now it's kind of on me. Um, and I work with my clients to to figure out a timeline that works for them as well. Um, but just time, you know, um, understanding that it's okay not to work. You know, I was used to working. Yes, your average like, teacher day, but then you work, you know, you grade papers and you do all this stuff. So I was working like, you know, 10, 12 hour days on the regular. And I'm, I'm finally, you know, being okay with the fact that if I work four hours one day, but I get what I need to get done, that's the beauty of being an entrepreneur and kind of being your own boss and doing things for yourself. But it's not always easy to just you know, do that. Sometimes I find myself being like, is this real? Like, I feel like I'm supposed to be doing something, um, you know, and then there are other days where I do work, you know, eight, nine hours um, on something. But again, it's still somewhat in my control. Um, and so again, that that was both as a challenge, um, but also I think something that's really beautiful. Um, and then the other big one, um, and obviously I know that you know about this, Tatiana, is finances. <laughs> you know, having to do your own finances and, and accounting and being a bookkeeper and all of that stuff, um, you know, and, and kind of keeping track of everything um, is something that, you know, I don't think we're really taught enough in, in public education, uh, at least where I'm from. Um, and so I think that was kind of a shock. It helped that my fiance did the whole entrepreneur thing about six months to a year before I did. Um, so I kind of just piggybacked off of him, <laughs> asked him a lot of questions and I happen to have a wonderful client who knows a lot about finances. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Um, yeah, uh, definitely. Finances are super important. And there's, there was one thought that I had as you were talking about it, um, about finances and, and kind of managing that and not learning about that. I was curious to know if you found, um, if you found that pricing your service was an issue, not an issue, but sort of like, you know, a lot of people, it was very hard. (laughs) It was very hard. (laughs) Um, yeah, that's what I was gonna ask because I know that you've changed your structure several times throughout our time together, working together, and so I was curious to see if you have anything to say about that. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the hardest things is kind of like time. Like, you know, most of our lives, if you work a more traditional job, you're used to someone telling you what you're worth. You know, you're used to someone saying like, you're, you know, a teacher at this school, therefore you are worth X amount of dollars a year. Um, and so I think that when you go off on your own, you know, we have this kind of skewed perception of worth, um, unfortunately, with a lot of things. I mean, everything from our, you know, self-worth with like social media to like professional worth, um, you know. And so I think at first, I like I, I said earlier, I, I took a lot of uh, jobs that I was definitely not paid what I was worth. Um, you know, I think the first blog post I ever wrote, I was paid like $60 for like a 2000 word blog, which is ridiculous. Now that's like, you know, I could get a couple hundred for that. Um, but I also think, you know, I think it's hard to know what to ask other people to pay you when you're kind of figuring out, like validating the worth you bring to the table, if that makes sense. So, you know, I, yes, I knew I was a good writer, but I'm not a trained copywriter, like I am a teacher. Um, and so, you know, trying to justify the pricing was kind of hard. I, I'm a server, you know, I, I serve people, again, teacher. Um, and so I think that it feels almost weird to ask people for money, uh, even though I need to, right? That's, that's part of it. I'm getting a lot better at it. Um, but yeah, I think it's just weird to, to put a price tag on something yourself and not have someone else do it. Because when someone else does it, you're like, okay. But when you're the one being like, this is how much this costs, you get major imposter syndrome. Um, and so, you know, over time, I think realizing the value you do bring to the table and in the transformations and communication that is valuable to any business, I think helps you realize like, okay, this is worth, worth something. Cause you can Google how much should I charge for X, Y, or Z and you will get I mean, a range. Oh, that is even an understatement. You will get the biggest range ever invented. So, um, yeah, I would definitely think, say it has a lot to just do with like trusting your worth, if that makes sense. Definitely makes sense. Yeah. And so how how if some let's say uh, just a you know curiosity occurred to me. So if someone is listening and they're a good writer and they've used this skill you know before, how? What would you tell that person if someone's thinking, oh, maybe I should try copywriting? Mm. Um, because I think that when you're really good at what you do, you work with a certain type of client, a certain, um, I almost want to say, psychographic of clients. Mm. Um, and you align with mich a mission of some of these clients and you don't align with others. And so we definitely, as we get better and better at what we do as professionals, we... Um, we won't take everyone who go comes through the door, which, you know, which all of us have done, like I've done mm -hmm. it. Um, and then I, you know, I didn't get too deep into that, but I still did um, release, I guess, uh, some of the clients into the wild. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, uh, when we are just starting out, this pricing, this imposter syndrome and stuff, it's, it's really a journey uh, mm. for us, I think, to find our own worth and to put a number on it. But yeah. if someone is listening and they're like, maybe I could try copywriting, um, what advice would you give to them? Like in terms of pricing, packaging or whatever, um, or any other advice, kind of like a coach? Yeah, so I think that, you know, one of the biggest 
things, you know, I know that I said I, I went on, you know, a freelancing platform and I, I started out with services that were very, very low uh, priced and, and, you know, maybe not what I loved and all that stuff. Um, however, I do think there is something to be said for just diving in, um, you know, so what I did, I would not recommend the approach I took where like I was already left, I had already left my job and then I started new. Um, I think if you're interested in something like copywriting, you know, and let's say, you're a teacher, um, you know, find something that you're passionate about outside of teaching. Um, you know, maybe you're like obsessed with weddings. And I say this cause I just worked, worked on a wedding project, but maybe you're obsessed with weddings. And so maybe you could find a client who's looking, who's a photographer for weddings and is looking for you to write their blog posts. Um, and, you know, I, I think, you know, start with something that's interesting to you, or maybe it has to do, you know, if you have such imposter syndrome, maybe you start with something you're, you know, so, I also write um, a weekly blog post for an education blog. So maybe you're a teacher and, and you help someone write curriculum or a blog for their education site or make teacher page teachers resources for other people. Um, you know, I think starting with something and just running with it is great, but then also trying other things. I've worked on plenty of projects that, um, you know, halfway through, I'm like, oh, this is not, never want to do this again. But now I, at least I know that. You know what I mean? Um, and so I think that there is some just willingness to take risks and know that it's only going to be an, a learning experience no matter what. A learning experience of, hey, I'm really good at that and I love it. Or a learning experience of, you know what, like next time if someone ever approaches me with, you know, this type of like a sales writing opportunity, that's too much stress for me. I don't like it. I'm going to try to avoid those. Um, and I think that's where you find your sweet spot is, is by trying new things. Um, the other thing I would say as far as pricing. So for me, when I first started, um, I just kind of jumped right into it blindly. Um, I think that if you're passionate about writing and let's say you want to write blogs, if you could start your own blog, that's like a portfolio out there. That's that you give people something to say, you know, look at my work. Um, and that way, when you do start at a higher price point than what I did, they can see work you've already done. And that helps justify that price point. Whereas, you know, if you're starting totally from scratch and you have no content out there, um, you know, it, it is a little bit harder, not just for you to justify it, but also for a client to be like, okay. Um, so I, I think that, you know, if you can start creating content, even if it's your own, so you can start a portfolio is something great. Um, <clears throat> but then the last thing I would say, and this again has to do with pricing is, the more you believe in your pricing and your worth, the more the client is going to believe in it. Um, I think clients can tell if you're very wishy-washy and uncertain. Um, and, you know, I've had some very nice clients who have straight up told me, like, you could be charging way more for this. Um, but most clients would just be like, sweet, this is a good deal. Um, so I think that you have to kind of go in all in and, you know, have confidence in your worth and in your pricing. Uh, and you know, if, if a client's going to say, no, that's not for me, uh, then they're not the right client for you. Uh, so I really think you have to believe once you determine what that worth is, sure, do a little research, maybe find some comparable services. Um, but you know, really believe in your worth. Uh, and then if someone else doesn't believe in it, then that's their problem. Uh, it's not yours. Uh, and it took me a long time to, to get to that that point um, and that perspective, but I'm happy to say I'm there now. And if I if I could go back, um, I would have started more with that perspective. Um, so I definitely recommend doing that if if you can. But also, like I said, the 
putting out content of your own and, and having something to back up that number uh, might make you feel a little less like an imposter. Awesome. And so that was so one of the questions that I would ask uh, guests, um, if you could go back in time, whatever that time is, high school or college mm -hmm. or post-college when you're teaching, whatever, um, what would you say to yourself or what would you change, if anything? Um, mm. uh, so I think that, and I don't know, I can't really speak for other professions because I've only ever really gone through that whole college process as a teacher, but um, you know, teaching is very narrow. Um, you know, it's not a business degree where you could do so many different things with it. It's like teaching is what it is. Um, and so, you know, I, I wish that I had kept my eyes open, I guess, not saying that, you know, constantly questioning my decision to be a teacher, but, you know, I, I wish that I had been open to exploring, um, other opportunities. Like I was so focused on the end result and ironically, I'm not living that end result. So, you know, I think that just, and I guess this doesn't, it, no matter what point you are in your life, you know, or whether it's your career or not, I just think like having this willingness to have your eyes open and be open to new opportunities. And again, that doesn't mean, you know, drop out of teaching school and pursue this thing. But if that's really what you want, then maybe it is, right? But I just think having that willingness and not being so afraid to be open to new opportunities. I think that when we're, you know, sometimes, and I know that, you know, this is a big part of your message, but, um, you know, that whole idea of like, we play it small as a way to protect ourselves. And, um, you know, I, I wish I could have gone back and told myself, like, don't be afraid to be big and bold, you know, don't, don't feel like you have to play it so small, like, nothing bad is gonna happen. Um, so that's, that's my advice for my former self or, or for anyone listening. <laughs> and, um, if someone, because you, as you know, and your former teacher, our former client, mutual client, is a former teacher, and she, you know, helps teachers find a different way. And I guess all of us, and and we we have part of our team, former teacher who is now a bookkeeper. What I'm curious to know is if someone is a teacher and they're listening and they're maybe feeling burned out or feeling like you know they thought about this career and this career they've gotten to that, and now they're like it's not really what I wanted, or I have mm -hmm. to now change my life because I have to move with my fiance or whatever. Mm -hmm. What would you, what would you tell them? Um, maybe they are not at that point yet, but maybe they're thinking about something else or, mm. you know, and you know better than anyone that there's a lot of guilt related to that, um, to the teaching profession, leaving teaching profession and stuff. Um, so what would you tell someone like that? Um, based on what you've said, based on what you would have t told yourself yeah. um, that you, would, you just went through, anything else that you would share with, with them? Yeah, I think there's two big things, right? I think one, the biggest thing, and this would go for a teacher, this would go for anyone changing a career. Um, I think my biggest thing is to remind yourself you're not a failure. You know, I think that we have this notion of if we change, if we seek out change, we're running away from a bad situation. Right. I think that a lot of times, you know, that definitely can be the case. But I think a lot of the times we we think it's always the case, which is not true. Um, I very well could have kept teaching. Uh, I could have transferred my my teaching certificate or I could have stayed and done the long distance relationship thing or, or whatever. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that I chose not to. And so, you know, I had to wrap my head around the idea that I wasn't quitting. I wasn't failing. I was just growing. 
Um, and so I think that kind of adopting that mindset of it's not failure if you're seeking change, it's actually a really, really powerful moment of growth. And if you can just fully embrace that, then think about how much more you could grow. Um, so that's kind of the first thing is you're not a failure, you're not a quitter, you're just growing. Uh, and that's, that's beautiful. I'll never forget. Um, you know, I feel when I realize that when people say I feel like you've changed, you know, that's such we people use that as such a jab, you know, such like a, a, a mean, a mean girl saying like, Oh, you've changed. And it's like, yeah, like, why haven't you you're the one missing out here. Um, you know, so again, embrace change. It's growth. It's beautiful. Um, the other thing I would say, and this is, I guess, more teacher specific. Um, if you can write, like, let's say you're in the middle of a school year, right? For any teachers out there, you know, it's not just easy to, to peace out and give your two weeks notice. Um, you know, obviously, obviously, if you're in at some risk, and, and I know, you know, our, our, our friend Daphne would say the same thing. If you're, if you're, in some risky situation, yes, you got to put yourself first and do what you got to do. But if you can ride it out until the end of the year and do those things that I was saying, you know, put yourself, explore other hobbies. Maybe again, if, if you want to become a photographer, maybe start taking photos for your friends and, and start like a portfolio website. Or, you know, if you want to become a, a bookkeeper, you know, take some courses or, or, you know, whatever. Um, if you want to become a copywriter, you know, start putting your own content out there, maybe start taking a couple side side gigs. So I would say if you're in a position where you can write out your career a little longer, whether it's teaching or anything else and build some skills while you still have that safety net of, of, you know, your income and, and all of that stuff. Um, that's really what, what I wish I had done in hindsight, um, you know, because I think there's a little less risk involved. Um, and then, you know, you, you build that um, confidence in yourself as, a, as that new type of professional, you build um, your, your sense of worth, you build your confidence. And I think that will allow you to take that full leap into entrepreneurship or, or whatever, um, or a, a new career in corporate, um, you know, I think it'll allow you to do that with a little more confidence and a little more gusto because, you know, you've, you've slowly done it rather than just like jumping off the cliff like I did, but it, it's working out. So <laughs> maybe that is the way. <laughs> um, well, um, some, some people don't have the luxury of just, uh, you know, uh, jumping off a cliff yes, um, yes. in a way, right? Um, yes. I will, so say, I will say as a teacher, you know, I, I had my payment, it worked out, I had my payments scheduled throughout the summer. So even though I technically left, I still had like three months of, of pay coming in while I explored. So I say I jumped off a cliff, but I jumped off the cliff with, with a safety net for sure. <laughs> That's That I think for me is uh, something that people need to hear because mm. I'm a big not fan of... Um, people leaving their jobs and because coaches often say, Oh, just go for it. And it's going to be great faster. Maybe it's going to be faster, but maybe it won't. And then, you know, our, our mutual friend actually uh, mentioned that her health coach or somebody she know, knew, um, uh, she mentioned that her coach told her to do that. She left her job and then she was struggling to eat. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not something I ever, um, ever recommend or anything like that. I like to build the safety net, um, mm of income and business. And then when the time is right to make the transition, yes, it takes longer to do it that way, but, um, totally. You don't, have, you, know, you don't have to risk not having food, you know, and if you have kids, Absolutely. then it's next level, uh, 
next level crazy. <laughs> Absolutely. And I would say too, you know, and this is why I always say like my situation was not normal. Um, you know, I was in, in a situation where my partner, you know, he had a, a secure job um, where we actually had living expenses paid for because of our move for his job. So it was definitely a unique situation. I, I would agree. I would not recommend doing that. Um, obviously for the financial part, but again, there's also that element of the confidence and the worth. Um, and I think that if you combine, you know, yeah. that like slow building, um, experience, or if you do that approach where it's like slow building with experience, um, and stuff like that, then it's going to benefit you financially. It's going to be- benefit you, you know, with confidence and, and make kind of taking that leap, like I said, a little bit easier. So I, I totally agree with that. Um, I always say, you know, I feel like I sound like my mom when I say, do as I say, not as I did. (laughs) Um, That's cool. Thanks so much, Sarah, for, you know, for sharing your story and for sharing some really uh, good golden nuggets uh, with the audience. But before we kind of, uh, before we wrap up for today, um, tell me, tell us, tell the audience, tell me, um, where can people find you and connect with you? What's the best way to, to do that? Yeah. So I would say, um, you know, I'm, I'm currently, you know, it was my goal for this year. Once I get my, get past my wedding, which is like a whole other thing. <laughs> um, my goal is to launch my website. So eventually that would be where I would direct you. But for now, um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, and Tatiana, I think you're going to put the link for that. In the show notes. Yep. yep in the show yep. notes. So you can find me on LinkedIn. That's, you know, a great way to connect with me if you have questions about copywriting or if you're looking for copywriting. Um, you know, it's just a great way to connect with me and then, you know, we can take it from there. I'm also on Instagram, um, at, at simply tall Sarah, um, that is not strictly a, a business page by any means, but it's slowly, um, you know, kind of, it does talk about that transformation. You know, sometimes I post about business, but that's where I would announce, um, the eventual launch of my website. So if you're kind of waiting around for that, um, that'd be a great place to kind of follow along. Awesome. Thanks so much. And thanks so much for being such a great guest. It's been a pleasure to have you. Yes. Thank you so much, Tatiana. Like I said, I've been waiting for this. So thank you. (laughs) All right. Awesome. So we're going to wrap up for today. Thanks so much for listening and we hope to see you next week.